Welcome to the Spirituality What? podcast, where we explore the mysteries, joys, and challenges of being spiritual beings navigating our unpredictable human experience we call life here on planet Earth. I'm your friendly guide, Rebecca, ready to jump into our adventure of the day. Welcome to Wednesday on the Spirituality What podcast. We are here today for part two of our psychedelics and spirituality discussion with Andrew. Part one was released last week, so if you're just joining us today, definitely start with that episode. It'll provide a little bit more context for today. So today we are going to get back into a little bit more and finish up the discussion of staying present during your psychedelic experience. We're going to talk about some details of psychedelic retreats. That's not really something that I've done before, and so we ask Andrew a little bit about his experience with that. A little bit about entheogens versus empathogens, Prop 122 in Colorado, and then the differences between inward journeys or deep dives as part of psychedelic experiences versus journeying with others around. Um, And we really get into details of spirit and consciousness and talking a lot about fear and releasing fear and, and what that looks like in our human experience. Let's jump into it. And that happens when you're on psychedelics because of that part of your brain like that part of your brain not only is the controller and the ego but also is planning all of these other things 100 percent. and so so being aware of of those forces within one's consciousness in and outside of a psychedelic experience is what really um, puts somebody oriented on the path that we're all on but but makes them realize oh i'm on the path oh and i'm walking forward oh now i'm i'm making progress this is the difference between um the adept or um the um you know the person that realizes that they are on a spiritual path from those that that don't we're all on it regardless but some realize it and some don't but when you get serious about that and you understand what's going on in your own consciousness and why you've come here to figure everything out um, then when things come up rather than being strictly reactive and just blaming and shaming and pointing everything at everyone else um we are much more introspective and going oh wow i had not a great reaction to that i wonder what my expectation was that led me to that i wonder how i got myself into that emotional reaction because it is always a reflection of our own attachments and expectations that cause those emotional reactions absolutely absolutely so interesting so I want to come back. You talked about at the beginning a retreat that you went to. I've never actually, I've never done a psychedelic type retreat. So I'm intrigued, you know, what, what is that experience like? What, what are some expectations people could have coming going into something like that? Are there expectations people could have? Well, they're all different. You know, of course, it's they're all, all different. different. It's different for every person. So we will caveat right. saying the caveat, that. Yeah, for one, is that every journey is different. And even every journey for every journeyer, it tends to be different. In every location. Right. But <laughs> beyond beyond that, um, a retreat, when I refer to a retreat, I'm typically referring to something that lasts at least several days and that the participants are there in an overnight capacity and within the care and oversight of facilitators 
um, usually multiple, and there might be staff that's um, there to uh, manage cooking and cleaning and all of that as well. And there's integration happening um, daily. Sometimes a retreat might be specific to a single medicine or plant medicine okay. like psilocybin. Uh, the one that I went to um, the first night was psilocybin. The second night was um, what we call an empathogen. So um, in psychedelic circles, uh, psilocybin and LSD are known as entheogens, okay. which is sort of um, um, that which invites you to see or encounter God. Um, and then empathogens, which are things that allow you to connect to other people. So um, MDMA would be a synthetic gotcha. version yep. of an empathogen, and it is sort of a synthetic version of MDA, which is made from the plant called sassafras. And so those have very similar effects. Sassafras lasts longer, okay. uh, quite a bit, than MDMA. Um, but otherwise, they're both empathogens and, and allow for connectivity amongst people. And the retreat that I went to, that was very beneficial because I hadn't had a lot of out and about connections with people and had a very... Especially of that caliber. Yeah. I'd had a very insular sort of marriage and life and not much of a social experience at all and, and an outward connections. So that retreat to me, while the psychedelics were impactful and, you know, you know even very impactful, the connectivity to everyone was still what I carried out of there. I just went, wow, this is much more in line with with the kind of experience that I want in life than what I've been having Absolutely. so far. Absolutely. Um, and then the third night in that case was um, cannabis. And so the people that... Ooh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so the people that hosted that particular retreat um, put those in that order for you know particular reasons. Um, and you can imagine them in different orders and, and there's no right or wrong necessarily. Um, and different people at different retreats will use different medicines. So there's one that I... Um, worked as a facilitator a few months ago where it was um, Bufo, which is oh, yes. 5-MeO-DMT, mm -hmm. um, then psilocybin, and then MDMA. Okay. So it you know just depends on the um, the host, the person or people putting on the retreat and kind of the how goals. they, yeah. yeah, and what the goals are, etc. Um, and then, of course, there are experiences on psychedelics that are uh, much more narrow. So you might go for a single medicine, single session facilitation of psilocybin, for sure, example, gotcha. and then that's not going to last several days. Though, um, in my experience, it's um, common to go overnight at least. So we'll okay. start a journey reg uh, regularly around six or so. Somebody's basically done at midnight, and, mm -hmm. and we encourage them if they don't want to take an Uber home, we encourage them to just stay in their nest and really just yeah. continue. Um, gliding down and sleeping yeah. exactly, and then the next morning we can start with a little integration before Absolutely. they kind of head off. So these non-retreat potentially like singular sessions are. It makes me think of, although I will have to say that I am not familiar with. So psilocybin is legal for medical purposes, I believe, or we can study or for studies here, and specifically in Colorado. Yeah, is that more of that case um, treatment? It's it's. Um, my understanding from a conversation that I had with the attorney who wrote much or most of that bill of Proposition 122 said that for most intents and purposes, it was legal day one for for how most of us tend to use it. Where regulations are coming in, 
are for people that do want to build retreat centers where there's actual facilities and so yep. forth, and there's going to be probably regulations that are going to come around that. Um, but for people sharing mushrooms, not selling, but sharing mushrooms, mm-hmm. or one person sitting for another, um, all of that yeah. um, was legal right out of the gate. Very cool. That's It's such a cool time it is very right cool. now in, in the world for that. Yeah. So with with your experiences, with the process that goes with psychedelics and specifically kind of like mushrooms like what is the unique thing about mushrooms it depends on how it's done first of all so oh absolutely yes we should definitely talk about what is that set and setting please yes so there are there are i kind of break journeys psilocybin journeys up into one of two kinds one that is very specifically architected to be an inward journey so we call this a deep dive uh, this is the protocol that uh, Johns Hopkins has been using for years on their clinical trials with uh, cancer patients and other terminally ill patients. And a deep dive uh, is, again, it's it's about five to six hours. Um, after you drop in, after you take the mushroom, you have a blindfold, you have an yep. eye mask on, and you have noise-canceling headphones with a curated playlist that goes oh, cool. the okay. entire time. This is an inward journey. You are uh, certainly allowed and invited to come out to go to the bathroom or have your drink of water or, or even if you need to, to chat or if you want somebody to take some notes for you on something that you're encountering, all that, totally fine. Um, though, you will be invited to go back in and, mm-hmm. and um, people are counseled very directly before their session that this is the point of this particular type of journey is that you want to be in and fully inward. Um, to the greatest extent possible for as much of the whole time Absolutely. as you can. Okay. Um, and that is what I recommend people do before they do any other kind of mushroom journey because um, you want to find out what your experience on a mushroom is going to be before you do that in a setting that may be more interactive or there may be other, other people, people involved. In other places. Might yeah. be lower doses in those cases where you can function a little <laughs> bit more that way. Yeah. But you still want to know what your relationship with a medicine is. And this is your experience to have the most purely inward um, and most clarifying and connected experience that you can have. Because every single thing that you experience outside of the music, which is just the music, um, is all coming from your unconsciousness. And it's all your higher self giving you the journey and giving you the information and the experience and knowledge that you need. And so that's why I recommend people and for anyone that does want to participate in um, uh, more of a group or interactive session, which we also do, um, I'll require that they've done a deep dive gotcha. at least okay. once before they do that. And as long as they've done that, um, either with me or with anyone else, then it's like, great, then you're, you're certainly welcome. But then you kind of know what your baseline is. You know, sort of how you are. You have some expectations. Yeah, yes, which which we want people to to temper expectations as sure. much as possible. But, but if you're a total basket case, <laughs> you want yes, you want that level of comfort. That's like, oh, I've done this before, and yeah. I know what that experience was yeah. like, and I kind of know how you know how I am. I react quote, unquote, yeah. exactly, and then you can feel really comfortable in more of a group setting where there could be anywhere from um, three or four to I mean, we've had as many as maybe ten or twelve. Okay, um, present in a big group kind of journey that's again more interactive and the doses are a little bit lower there so that to people facilitate can, kind exactly. of interaction and yeah. connection 
And so we talked about energy a little bit earlier, and now we're talking about doing psychedelics with other people around. What What is, it's obviously a different experience if you're doing this internal deep dive and you, all of your senses, you know, you, you are just looking at yourself internally. When you have other people around, how does that change the experience in, in your experience? Well, it creates, there's always a collective consciousness. So in any room, in any place, um, and in fact, even built around logical concepts, there's a collective consciousness. So there's a, a collective consciousness around um, the idea of a coffee mug and, and what it is Absolutely. and, and sure. what it, how it performs and, and exactly what it looks like what's it for, exactly what it looks like and how comfortable it is and, and um, all of that. So collective consciousness is, is almost like a special interest group. In, in <laughs> um, and whatever the common denominator is of any particular group, be that humanity, <laughs> for example, or the people who are in this room right now, um, a collective consciousness is sort of formed and anchored to the extent that that's where your awareness mm -hmm. is sort of um, structured around. So as we um, have a more interactive uh, experience, we will find a common ground. And it really has a lot to do with who's present and um, how they're showing up. Mm -hmm. um, what are they curious about? What are, what are we collectively wanting to know? Because in these interactive um, sessions that's typically how this goes these are people that are seeking mm -hmm. truth and light and just you you just show up sort of earnestly just going i just want to understand that much more i just want to get mm -hmm. that much closer yeah. to to whatever my spiritual evolution ultimately is going to look like and so when you have people that are asking questions <clears throat> that's everything because um, i've been super blessed to have people in a lot of these groups that are just starving for knowledge and understanding and that need to know is what's building this collective vortex mm -hmm. in the center sort of, of opens. this room yeah. exactly and so then we start to form this um this circumspective understanding of whatever it is that we're trying to understand at a greater level and so we're all contributing to this and this is creating this sort of spinning vortex kind of motion and so the need to know is what's pulling it down the most and um, all of our collective awareness and energizing of, of the question yep. itself is what's really adding to the spin. <clears throat> and then the truth and the light just come through and, and people just start going, oh man, it's like this. Oh wow, I totally get it. Like it just becomes real and we begin embodying these things that we're trying to understand. It's true. It's a very interesting experience to have that connection with universe or source or whatever it is during those moments and just know things yeah it's a, such an interesting feeling yeah to talk about archetypal energies normally are sort of out of reach and kind of just something that we mm -hmm. we kind of understand at an intellectual level and then on a psychedelic journey when that aspect of us that's normally hijacking the whole ship is kind of taking a nap Absolutely. now all of a sudden we can just dip in and out of these different experiences and different energies and like oh you know it's kind of like you know the, the the creative energies of positive and negative and and divine masculine and feminine kind of you know feel like this and it seems like this and this is where it comes from the infinite pool of potentiality and just whatever it's like you just you begin to just understand the way that things work and that again when it when we get back to integration is so key because if this doesn't impact how we make choices if it doesn't change our experience in life if it doesn't lead to way less stress and a lot more joy than 
we're we might as well be at the gym or we might as well <laughs> like honestly there's there's all of those things that we can do to kind of keep our egos busy and have our ego going yeah you're doing the work and it's like maybe i'm power walking or maybe i'm you know learning to golf or whatever it is but if we're not actually having a a new experience in life and choosing differently and reacting differently to what's present then then we're just playing the small game still yeah so you've mentioned quite a few times consciousness so what is the difference between spirit and consciousness in your mind um that's a good question so first of all i consider consciousness to be um a fundamental principle as opposed to an emergent one and and that's i think most people that are on a spiritual path are going to find themselves there though it's important to to understand the difference because science and um physics and physicists as we know them um tend to think of consciousness as an emergent thing that mm-hmm. it's like it just came about because of all the right you know things mm-hmm. fell into just the right place uh, as opposed to seeing consciousness as as the causal force behind all of, of physical manifestation now when i refer to to spirit so consciousness might be um uh, an amalgamation of your me- mental acuity and your spiritual awareness and identity and and even your body, because you've got mental and emotional bodies that are part of your Absolutely. consciousness yep. as well. So consciousness is is sort of the the energy kind of holding it all together. When I refer to spirit more specifically, this would be the highest light, the most pure thing with which you could identify. So if you were to strip away everything that's transient so everything that exists only in 3 and 4d everything that only exists in the span of a single incarnation then strip away everything that even exists um, from one incarnation to the next the soul bodies and so forth the spirit otherwise known as the monad or the divine spark this aspect of the creator that is you that's your identity so the rest of all that is what you are this is who you are I like that. Man, I love talking to you. It's all, it's all <laughs> Must like, be why we do it. So, yeah, so it's always so fun and enlightening. Yeah, so I'm thinking now a little bit more about, I just love the visual I have in my head of this part of my brain going quiet. And it's a very interesting experience when it happens because I agree with you. All, everything that you've said has been really great. And the experience, in my experience with psychedelics, I, I've just never been more present. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, I don't even have the mental capacity to plan and start thinking about things. I mean, every once in a while, I'll be like, I want to try to take a picture of something and then I can't function with my phone anyway. So it's yeah. like, fuck that. Like, yeah. that's not going to work it's anyway. Much, yeah. yeah, it's just way I've too, way too much. had a lot of run-ins with the phone trying to, hey, can we put on a different music or something? And then it's like, yeah. nope, oh, no, we can't. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. an IT guy in my normal life <laughs> exactly. and here I am just looking at this. Exactly. Thing. I'm it's like, just... everything's touchscreen. Like, yeah. it's su- it should be super easy. But I do, I think it's a very interesting opportunity psychedelics in general and i talk a little bit about in my first episode i think i was talking a little bit about the difference between religion and spirituality and just the the big difference there religion is very like 
structured spirituality. Dogmatic. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Doctrine, exactly. Yeah. Um, but could be spiritual for some people who identify 100%. with that and, and you don't need religion to be spiritual, which is all. Religion is, is a spiritual path. I mean, exactly, exactly. And I, in my opinion, and I, and I talk about it as like a, an opportunity, you know, if you don't, you want to try to figure out what spirituality means to you going to a random church and saying, does this vibe with me and deciding yes or no, right? Another opportunity or another path is psychedelics. 100%. Yeah, all choices are valid, as I like to say. And, Absolutely. And all experience is valid. And again, the the um, the adept, the, 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 the alchemist, the person who has decided that they now know why they incarnated and they now understand the rules of engagement and they understand how things generally work, now they're starting to use everything in their favor and for their benefit and so that they can through intention and through the exercise of will bring into manifestation the kind of experiences that they want. And a psychedelic will allow someone to start to experience that aspect of self that we were talking about that I would describe as the true self. And it's important because even if somebody has some deep yearning, and frankly, everyone does. There is no one that does not have that aspect of self that seeks expression. It is seeking to be made manifest and to be made known, but to the extent that it's kept in the background by the egoic personality structure, then it's just sort of in the background. This experience is what starts to teach the ego, which needs to know that as we step out of one boat of identity, we are putting our foot squarely into another one. And that while there's an aspect of the ego that's afraid of annihilation, (laughs) we can give it the compassion to know that really, as a personality structure, it's really just being assumed. It's just being integrated and braided with divine will. It's just we're no longer identifying as it. Well, it's really important because you have to release the fear of annihilation before you can really embrace this other identity and and to go, well, what's on the other side of this? And I had somebody ask me recently, um, I was reading a book about this and saying, well, the ego is described as this, this insane roommate, you know, and, and so, you know, what's supposed to happen on the other side of this? Like, you know, know, am I just going to evict this thing? And until you start to have an answer to that question of who am I, if I am not this, then it does feel a little bit scary and it feels more awkward than it does Mm -hmm. once you finally realize, Oh, this is who I am. Just because it's unknown. Yeah. Just because it's It's unknown. It's the unknown, right? And we're, we're never like a hundred percent confident with the unknown as human beings in general. And starting to embrace what we can know and what we can align to knowing the self as the true self, as the moment, mm-hmm. as Christ consciousness in manifestation. Like that is the highest alignment that we can hold. That's the, the highest level of attainment and consciousness that we can have in physical form. And being aligned to that is what allows the will, the egoic will, the personality will and divine will to be um, combined and braided together so that Um, that which is a tool and is useful for 3D, 4D communication and interaction takes its rightful place as tool, as personality structure. So it doesn't mean that if you're funny, that you're no longer funny. You're still funny. You still use humor in the ways that you use humor. Um, There's a really beautiful way that I've, I've heard this described 
and that's that your true self is you without fear. And oh my god, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and and this in this context, that and is in all so context, true. fear is the denial of the divine. Fear is anything that you have decided is outside of source or God or whatever you know the all that is, so whatever amazing. you want to call it. Exactly. And so when you decide that something is outside of that light, then then that is fear. And so your true self knows itself as one with all things. It knows that all things is is are one with all things. And and so it has no fear. There is no fear. So it doesn't mean that it's not funny or that it doesn't use right. personality to navigate a world filled with other people. Um, it just means that it's not afraid. That's really, I love that. And I'm really attached to that right now. But I also think it's interesting because when you talk about the change between an internal experience, which is very intense in, in my experience as well when, with psychedelics, but also one where you have this group of people in the experiences that I've had with other people, they're like the nicest people ever. Oh, like everyone is, there's no fear. So everyone's just so nice. It is very nice. <laughs> like, and I would say that that kind, I, so kind. I think that the spectrum is available. I'll say that a, a deep, inward dive is the most likely to to produce an experience of ego dissolution and therefore experience of the self as true self exactly connection to source when we lower the dose and introduce other people it depends on the person totally and their kind of their experience both with psychedelics and in consciousness Um, some of us are able to to pretty easily navigate into that same spot we kind of hang up you know that aspect of self as we drop in we know what's happening we go okay this is going to go there and now this is going to come forward and then that's what happens um and um and if people have a little bit less experience um or they're still a little bit more reliant on the egoic structure in their day-to-day it might just be a little bit more present but not in a bad way i mean they're still very much open and dialoguing and i mean it's still very very beautiful it's just you know to what degree are we able to transcend that thing that sort of hijacks our identity and know ourselves in truth? Yeah. Um, that's sort of the only kind of you know spectrum. But how it expresses in the understanding of of love and interaction and and all of that tend to have much more to do with that collective consciousness yeah. that we were talking about before. Very cool. Well, this this has been an awesome conversation. I wanted to thank you so much for for joining um and i guess is there any any kind of final thoughts that you wanted to say to anybody before you yeah yeah um well first of all it has been my pleasure um and secondly um when i talk about an adept or the alchemist and so forth um that's anyone that that decides that they're going to start to uh, create their own reality and and really that starts to realize that they've always been creating their own reality mm-hmm. so it just means sort of waking up and um, the a big big hallmark of that a bellwether of that is the seeing of of opportunity of catalyst in our experience as the opportunity that it is Mm -hmm. and it's very important because that's what changes our experience we no longer have these really negative emotional reactions Mm -hmm. to things we catch ourselves much sooner and go oh wait a minute why am i doing this and so it's got a very 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 practical you know, application, application yeah, totally. that everyone can benefit from. And so it's not just about what our long-term goals 
and alignment are for our spiritual evolution, but really how we can change and improve day-to-day life right now. Totally. And I really just go back to, and part of the tagline for this podcast is spiritual beings with the human experience. And this really, I mean, there's science around your physical body changing with these substances that allow for spiritual, more bigger, more in tune spiritual experiences. Not that, not obviously you don't have to have psychedelics to have a spiritual experience. But but like you said, to integrate it into the human experience, mm -hmm. because a lot of times people will abandon their humanity to go pursue their spirituality Mm -hmm. and their connection to source, which um, might be very fruitful in some ways. And then in others, they may turn around and realize that the bottom half of their of their energy centers are completely blocked or disconnected yeah. because there's no connection to the world. Absolutely. Yeah, we do live in this world currently. We kind of chose, we all chose, chose to, to be, be here exactly. in this world currently. So the very last question that I've got for you today is just what is one tip about living as a spiritual being in this human existence that you want to share? with the listeners pay attention to your emotional guidance system and when you're stressed out or freaked out or whatever that is when there's a part of you that is really trying to tell you something and it's not what you think it's trying to tell you yeah awesome wonderful well thank you so much it's been my pleasure thank you What a fabulous overall discussion. I am really thrilled that Andrew agreed to join the podcast here in the beginning, and I can't wait to do the rest of this series on DMT and LSD, marijuana, other psychedelics, other hallucinogens that are out there. So it's going to make up a very interesting part of this podcast. And thanks so much for joining. Thank you for joining me on today's Spirituality What? Adventure. Subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. Visit us on Instagram at spirituality.what to interact, tell us what spirituality means to you, and even provide some of your own personal musings. Human on, you phenomenal spiritual beings.